Welcome back to Bears on Tap, a podcast about the Chicago Bears. I'm your host, Lucas Perfetti. You can follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap. We are a part of the OnTap Sports Network, and we cover all of your Chicago sports needs. We're talking podcasts, articles, every sport, every team, Sox, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, all of it. You even want some college stuff? We got that for you as well. If you want to go ahead and check us out, we are at ontapsportsnetwork.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet. Today is Sunday, April 19th. We are just a few days away from the NFL drafts. We're going to be talking, you know, draft wish lists, draft prospects in general, who the Bears might select, who we want the Bears to select, all that good stuff. We also are going to be talking about the the logo, um, you know, the old logo tweet that the Bears had, just kind of going through all the different logos that they've had. We talk about the ones we like, all that good stuff, a little fun segment for you. And then we are going to also be talking Trey Burton's release um, obviously the, the biggest news of the week. So sit back, sit tight, and we will get to the show. Now we welcome on Aaron Parpart, Ethan Wiles, and Brandon Suarez. How are you gentlemen doing today? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, just gambling on some Madden to fill the void of sports. Uh, Brandon introduced me to that. You'll love to see it. Uh, so just watching some fake football as we talk about the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, Aaron, how are you guys doing? Hey, I'm doing great. It was my birthday this weekend. Had all of the food inside and all of the drinks. And now it's time to get ready for one of my favorite weeks of the sports world. And really the only thing going on in the sports world, the NFL draft this week. Don't forget. We just had the last dance night too with MJ. Oh, I got it. I got it on record. I'm waiting to watch when we're done. There so you good. go. No, I'm with, you know what? I'm in, in cahoots here with Brandon. I love this week. You know, you're in for a, a storm of whatever really happens with the draft. Um, I know some people don't agree with me, but I think this is going to be the most interesting draft I've ever watched just because of the circumstances we are in in this world right now. Uh, could be Ryan Pace's best draft because, as Lucas has said, he doesn't actually get to see what type of vehicle any of these uh, future Bears <laughs> drive to make a judgment on them. So uh, I think we're in for a real interesting ride here, though, guys. Yeah, I'm very excited for this draft, um, as you said, because of the circumstances, but more so just because I feel like the Bears are on the cusp of actually having a pretty loaded roster. And we thought that as well last year, but it's nice to shake things up and still improve your roster. So that's what has happened throughout free agency. And if you've listened to us, you definitely know we've covered all of it. Um, And we're going to talk about the draft. But first, I want to get to the Trey Burton release, because I personally was shocked by it. I know that it's a post first June 1st cut. So that kind of um, distributes some of the cap hit, but overall 
I started to kind of grow fond of the idea of Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton, both on the same field at the same time. Um, if Trey Burton was healthy, we don't know exactly why it happened. I wrote an article about it, but it doesn't make financial sense at the end of the day. Um, I know Aaron had a different opinion, but I just don't think with, say you recoup the $3 million this year, I do not think you're going to get a better player than Trey Burton. So I, I don't know, Aaron, I'll let you kick it off. So, yeah, what we talked about here the other day is, uh, you know, you put it in a good perspective is the amount of money that you save with him uh, with this cut. Um, you know, you got to look at it and go, all right, whatever, hypothetically say it's uh, towards another tight end. Do you really think you can recoup that and get a player that would be just as good, if not better, for the amount of money that you're uh, going to have back on your books for him? And I honestly think yes, because, uh, you know, has Burton been solid at, you know, early on when he was with the team? Yeah, he was fine. But over the last few years, you know, like last two years with the injuries, he hasn't been. Um, he also, the story earlier, you know, this last season, you know, he, he didn't want to run that Philly special, the, you know, whatever. He didn't want to run the one portion of it because he was anxious or whatever the heck it was with it. I just think that for 2019, you only got 84 total yards out of him. Yeah. He only played five games uh, or started five games was part of eight games. It's not good. Uh, I think you can obviously get any tight end, even, uh, you know, some of the people you brought back that could, you know, get just as much, if not more. Um, yeah. You know, even, but bro, even look at 2018, you're still talking about 569 yards. Jimmy Graham can do that with ease. But do you remember what our, and that's kind of what I touched on in the article, because do you remember what our offense looked like in 2018 versus 2019? It was a lot better with those 500 yards. But my question, like, if you look at who got signed for $3 million last year, Mike Davis. You can draft a player that will do just as much work at the same position as Trey Burton did last year alone for for that amount of money with without a problem that well, it, right around it takes away from another need it takes away from another need though no it doesn't yeah. i'm just saying if you're talking hypothetically on on that position alone now if you're talking about getting a player for that money somewhere else i still think you can what if you pull the move and say you know what we want to go get tony jefferson and he wants a one-year deal and he'll take uh you know two and a half just like you know haha did last year you never know what you're going to be able to get with that at this point. You're talking about players that have been sitting in free agency now. A lot of these players that have been sitting in free agency, if they're still sitting there come Sunday next week, a week from today, they're going to get desperate to sign a deal just to get a deal in place that you don't know what type of player you're going to get for that money. I think that I personally also, I've said this in the past and I still stand firm with this. I have, I have pretty high hopes for Jesper Horstead. Um, I just think that he works hard and I think that he's an intelligent football player that I think he could be a decent threat at a number three tight end, uh, at some point in the year that I think he can obviously get more than 84 yards and make, uh, an impact on special teams. All right. Well, okay. Here's a couple of guys. I mean, and I, I kind of agree with what you're saying because here's some players that were signed this year for $3 million. Um, or around that range, you've got Rashad Breland, 
Ronald Darby, Derek Wolf, Xavier Rhodes, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So those are all guys. If it would have happened before and they kept KPL, I totally understand. Those are all guys that are formidable. But you mentioned something that I want to get these guys' opinions on um, was the Philly special thing, because that's something I touched on the article as well. Uh, Brandon and Ethan, do you guys think like it's partially because they have no desire to even waste the roster spot on them? Because I feel like – at a certain point when you're cutting someone and you're getting that much dead cap, you just have to be like, I don't want them on the squad. Yeah. I think at that point they looked at, I mean, the tight end room obviously is not an underpopulated room to begin with, but like kind of like what Aaron said with what he gave us last year, in addition to not really showing that drive or will to win, obviously there was injuries and other things involved. But when you're, uh, you know, when your job, your job as a human being is to play professional football and you're saying you're too anxious to go out and run a certain play. And that play was one of the, you know, pivotal plays in that Super Bowl that he was able to win. It's very disheartening to see. And, you know, I think he'll land somewhere again in the NFL. But it's 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 wild to see that we had great success with him. He was Mitch's favorite target um, in that 2018 season. And. And Lucas, like you said, I was excited to see where him and Jimmy Graham would be kind of as a tight end duo and see what they could do together. And maybe they, they could have gotten, you know, 750 or 800 yards as a, as a duo. That would have been nice to see and maybe six or seven touchdowns. But like Aaron said, we can attack it in the draft. And while I would love to see Cole Komet in a Chicago Bears uniform, I, I, I really wish that they would have been able to find a way to get him back on track, make it work for not only Trey Burton, but for the Chicago Bears, and then go attack either the secondary, the O-line. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, yeah. get, to the, we'll get to the draft in a second, but I, um, I definitely think that tight end is now very much so on the table with one of those first two picks. Ethan, go ahead, buddy. No, I, I just agree with pretty much everything that Brandon touched on. I agree with you, Lucas, as well, with the excitement of uh, the two tight end duo there. Um, I think it really shows that the Bears front office is in that win now mode. They know what they have. They know what they can get rid of. And Trey Burton's productivity hasn't been there. Everyone's touched on it. And I think that, and I know we're about to touch on it, the players that are in the draft at that tight end position can really help this team in the long run. You know what I think this really breaks down to? There's a quote that they used a lot, and it's that, they're more of a we team and not a me team. And I feel like once you section yourself off and say you don't really want to run a play because you're anxious or whatever it is. And I, and I understand, trust me, I understand, you know, anything to do with anxiety. And it's not it's not always, you know, there's a lot of negatives to come to it. But I just feel that if that's where he was, then something's not right. And you don't really want to waste a roster spot on that. When you can go and, like you guys have been saying, and we'll touch here in a second, it, go get a kid that wants to play. I don't care what round it's in. I don't even care if it's the fifth round, sixth round. Just get a kid that wants to play. And that's all it really is. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it, it, it's a $7.5 million cap hit. And if they designate it to post-June 1st, I believe it's they spread that money out between this year and next year. But I mean, I'm starting to really get worried about the future because, you know, Ethan talked about it being win now mode. I think it definitely is. Oh, when yeah. You that was putting, win now mode when you got Robert Quinn. 
it starts to get a little alarming. That's all I'm going to say. I know that there are options and avenues and stuff like that. And Ryan Pace really is a genius when it comes to the salary cap, but you're pushing a lot of salary cap into the future. So that's, that's one thing, you know, it's with these restructures and all that stuff at all, the money has to go somewhere. When someone has guaranteed money, it's guaranteed money. It doesn't fall off the books. You can, you can re-maneuver it. You can redo things. Um, but it's, you got to pay it at some point or another. It's very true. And, and the thing is too, like Aaron said, you know, we don't want to make it sound like we're talking down on anxiety. Those are issues that Trey has to deal with in his own life and on the field. So it's an unfortunate situation for him. But like he also said, you want someone that wants to be there, someone that is in that, you know, like you guys have also said, the window is closing. The window may very well slam shut on us here in the next few years if we're not able to make something happen. Obviously, some roster manipulation and some money needs to be moved around to make things happen. But that's what happens when you're a professional franchise. you got to continue to make it work. It's not baseball. We can't do it like baseball. So you have to be able to draft well, which is, you know, something that is, you know, coming up this week and probably my favorite offseason event. But it's a tough situation when you're dealing with the mental health of your players, obviously. Um with us being, you know, a little bit of fans, a little bit of media, a little bit of both, we give you guys a little bit more of a raw opinion, but you never want to be, you know, attacking a player or someone, someone that, you know, is, is going to war for us every Sunday, just because of, you know, something they're dealing with. We kind of dealt with it a little bit with Brandon Marshall, and then he went on to, you know, go out and help specific causes. I don't think Trey Burton will do that, but as far as the tight end situation goes, I think that the draft, does provide that avenue, but I do think that they shouldn't. It's going to be hard for me to say. I do think they should stay away from going early in the draft to get a tight end. I think that's something you address later. What? I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I would love to see Cole Komet in a Bears uniform, and if they draft him, I'm not going to be disappointed because I know that's, I'm not going to say generational talent, but that is definitely someone that can come in and contribute right away. But if we, were to get the Trey Burton that we signed up for this year and Jimmy Graham, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah, I, I saw actually a really interesting tweet. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm sorry I can't give it credit, but this guy pretty much was like, listen, TJ Hawkinson was the best tight end prospect we've seen come oh, in in the I past did see that one too. decade. And it's like, what were his stats? You know, very minimal when it comes to the passing game. Tight end is a position that takes years to learn. It, it, you see, you didn't see George Kittle blossom overnight. You know what I mean? Very, very, very rarely does someone come in as a rookie and contribute at, at a high level at the tight end position, at least as a pass catcher, because you got to learn your blocking assignments first. That's the most important. But, I'm gonna but, ask- that's, but that's where I want to say, because the Bears have the foundation set up at the tight end position where they can get that Cole Komet type in the second round and develop him even more than he already is right now. That's I, why I think the Bears need to grab that tight end early. They I have, have to this, they, strongly disagree with you, man, because we don't no. have we don't have the tight end room. Jimmy Graham, I, I'm sorry. What I, just, I mean, I, what I mean, let me let me let me rephrase. They have a one and two tight end set. It's not like Cole Komet's coming in as a rookie and is going to take over the tight end position. Well, he could take over Adam Shaheen's job, but that's a different. Anyways. <laughs> But I have a serious question, though. All right, if you're going to go in the draft and you're going to get a tight end and you have, per se, Jimmy Graham and Trey Burton here, who would you much rather have 
in the room, if you could have one or the other, teaching a incoming rookie the tight end position? Oh, I mean, dude, I listen. When it, yeah, if you're asking me who I'd rather question. have is Jimmy Graham or yeah, Jimmy Graham or Trey Burton, I'll take Jimmy Graham all day. But that's okay. Jimmy Graham was a starter for his whole fucking career. He blew but up that's at the time. Trey Burton never did. What that. I'm saying though is, I would much rather have a guy that's going to sit there and not per se mold, but he will help. And that's why I don't have a fear of the necessity to go get a tight end in round two, because you can get one in round five and go, you know what? Well, yeah, that Uh, was my point. That was what I was trying to say. Because all you're hoping for now is that maybe somehow Adam Shaheen stays healthy this whole year. And maybe he learns he's going to be on the team. That's $1.3 million they can have. Right. But I'm just saying that a hypothetical is he stays on the team and he stays healthy. Maybe he learns a little bit and whatever happens, happens. I just think that you do. They do draft one this year, but I would wait. I, I mean, yeah, I I don't think um, I don't think the tight end position is nearly as uh, depleted as it was last year. But last year, we also had the injuries and stuff like that. We kind of went into it thinking that we were okay there. This year, we knew it was a problem, kind of overloaded the position like we've done with kicker and running back. And really, every other time, we were lacking on a position. So that's kind of why I feel like it's going to be O-line heavy. Yeah, we haven't gotten... (laughs) We got one to compete this year. Compete is the key word there, Aaron. Um... So moving forward, I would like to talk about the Bears just released this um, new logo thing, or you get to pick three of them, one through nine. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw it on Twitter. Um, I just thought it was funny because our group chat on Slack went nuts because everyone was talking about how they really love the orange B, like with the, I don't know, just the B logo. That is what we've seen in most in recent history on the new hats and stuff like that. I can't stand it personally, but what are some of these logos that you guys like? Uh, I will start on first glance. I did like number six. I kind of like how it has the uh, the old time feel as well as celebrating the world champions. But if you're looking for the newer look, I would definitely go the the seven with the B. I've liked the B since they've released it. Um, the older the older hats, I've not not older hats, but more like four five year ago hats were have the B on them, and uh, I thought those were pretty solid. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, all you have to do is th- throw a D-O-N 300 at the end, and we got on tap sports night hats. So, Tony, I don't know if you made it. I don't know if you made it to this point in the episode, but we should get those on the presser right away. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would actually hey, I would, I would wear a beat on 300 hat. Hey, the, bear, the, the simple Bears logo just reminds me of, like, Mad No 2. <laughs> See, I was on the I know train. exactly. I- that reference hit differently, bro. <laughs> I right, you just look at it and you just see Madden O two. I don't know why. You just which, see which you just see this? Anthony Thomas and David Terrell trotting oh, out there. Yes, yes, bro. Yes, number. I four love Day Train. Fucking chart. Number, number four. four I, would... I see. I'm a simple guy. I love number four. I love number two. Love number three. Like number five. two is Madden ninety five. Dude, number <laughs> two is dope. For any of you guys number that are listening, one is the original Madden. Yeah, for <laughs> no, any of you guys that up, are listening, number two, number two is the little magnets you used to stick on the the board. Yeah. This is terrible podcasting, by the way. So I was gonna say, for anyone that's listening, just go, go to, the, to the Bears to Twitter, the, and they have yeah, it's so number two. What I wanted to say is actually number six. I actually have as a pin, and it's in my car. 
Um, I got that like on the side, like right above my window. Um, see now me, I, if, if I'm picking my actual like full blown favorite logo out of them all, it's five. I'm just huge into the bear head for some reason. I bear don't know why. No, number no, five. One. Uh, number for, five. For the, for the yeah. listeners, it's a less filled in bears. It's a bigger bears it's, logo, but a less filled in. It's the actual logo. The, no, that, it's yeah. the actual that's logo. That's the bear head. It's the actual logo that was in the NFL Blitz load screen when we were playing as kids. Well, if you look at number, if you look at the number one bear head, I mean, way too busy. Way too busy. That's a Wook bear. (laughs) You know, I I love, I just love the world champion one. That was number six, um, just because obviously it's kind of a cool old school logo. Uh, Lucas has an issue with seven, which is the B logo due to, Mark Tressman always wearing it. That's where he associates it uh, with. But well, where he he's turned, told his, he turned his B to a V, and even that V's gone now. But, so, but see, the the problem is is that Lucas associates it with Tressman, but didn't realize that pretty much all season Matt Nagy wore it. Um, not only did Matt Nagy wear it, Lovey Smith has worn it. Um, you know, and he, and he's like, yeah, Oh, he, I love Lovey Smith, and Lovey wore it all the time, too. No, it was real, he wore it in 2000. No, it the earliest you saw was 2010. Lovey started coaching like way back. I understand that, but what I'm trying to tell you is that 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 B logo originates with with Papa Hallis. So it does. Well, that's that. I see, I'm I did the research. Don't cool. take, don't I'm not take. Taking, I'm not taking your shine, but what I'm telling you is, I told you earlier, I love old school logos. I personally did not remember that part but i knew it, there was something to it but the one with and papa that, bear was white no there's a picture it's blue or, i mean yeah orange i'm sorry there is the there one. is one either way i hate the logo it reminds me of tressman they re they re um kind of introduced it in the emory era okay we'll, we'll say that because the earliest you saw was 2010 i believe that's exactly um right around the time when phil emory came in because if i'm not mistaken Jay Cutler was a Phil Emery move, or was that Jerry Angelo? Um, either way, I honestly though, no one, no one has given it love yet. I, I fuck with eight. I like eight. I was about to it's, mention eight. Yeah, it's plain. It, it would look, it bears. would look good on a t-shirt. It look good on a. Koozie. Oh, that that OG white and blue. Yeah, I'm, I, I like the OG, I like the OG white and blue. Just sometimes, yeah, that just looks nice. See, it, I got it. Just reminds me of like my dad circa like 1992 pictures. Like you pull yeah. out the baby pictures, that's what you see him wearing. So what I told Lucas is, is he has hatred for seven the B logo. I have a great displeasure for number three, and that's just the OGC. Uh, not the I shouldn't say the OGC because the OGC is just the blue and white. This is the now current day C. Um, I, I'm just not a huge fan. I, you guys, obviously on this on this uh, Skype call, can see I have this little rack back here with a bunch of hats. I do have one hat hanging right above my monitor uh, that is a C logo, but I'm not a fan of the C logo. Most of my hats are in the 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 bear head or the B. I will point out that his Skype icon is the bear C logo. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have the other one on my computer. So, so, so I, and I just want to clarify that the uh, the Jay Cutler move was Jerry Angelo, and this this was interesting. I also hate Jerry, Jerry Angelo. So. Yeah, I can't yeah. say it either him or Emery. Aaron, 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 I want to ask, I want to ask I'm, you if you if they could change the midfield logo from that seat, what would you rather have it be? I would personally actually rather the uh, Bears 
actual name and the bear head. That's my favorite. I think the bear head would be dope in the center of the field. Yeah, I don't know about bears dope. just across. Because bears is what's in the end zone, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but Chicago I'm just saying bears, yeah. it's the, the, they have a, an alternate logo as well where it's, I mean, it's on a lot of stuff, like a lot of the clothing and stuff where it says bears. But between the E and A, there's the bear head. Um, I, but personally, if you threw the bear head in the middle, I think that would be, uh, what do we quote unquote say here at on tap sports night? Cool and tough. I think that'd be cool and tough. I think it would be very cool and tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think we covered the logo pretty, uh, pretty extensively. If you guys want to check it out, you can rewind the podcast, go ahead, look at the, the tweet that was sent out by the Chicago bears. You can see all the logos we were talking about. We're going to do a quick ad read and then we'll get back to you with the draft. Thrive Fantasy is a new, cool, and tough DFS app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of 20 prop bets plus two ICE picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games, which... To me, that's by far the best feature of this app. Each unique prop bet has an over-under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that point value if the prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team score around the amount of correct props you selected. Use the promo code ONTAP, no spaces, and once you deposit your first $10, Thrive's going to go ahead and throw you an additional 10 so grab a beer and hashtag crack them and enjoy a more convenient way to play DFS. All right, gentlemen. So we are going to uh, do a quick little draft preview. I know I put out an article talking about uh, the one thing that has absolutely amazed me is the fact that everyone is talking about the Bears trading down multiple times with both their second picks to recoup more draft prospect. Like it's been this obsession and don't get me wrong. I I love the idea, uh, at least trading back with one of those picks. But it really all comes down to, and I mean, Bleacher Report came out with a really good article. There's a, even on Pro Football Reference, there's like essentially a value chart. And for every position, gets a specific amount of value. So if the number one pick overall is 3,000, number 43 will be like 400, okay? So you got to think like, if you trade back, what is that going to actually get you? Is it going to get you two fifth round picks? Is it going to get you a fifth round pick and a second round pick? Like, you know what I mean? There's so many variables that have to go with it. But the thing that really just bothers me the most about this whole idea of everyone saying the Bears are going to trade back is the fact that there's been five drafts total, right? Ryan Pace has had four number one, or I'm sorry, four first round draft picks. For two of them, he traded up. And then the one draft, he didn't have a first or second round draft pick. He traded up for David Montgomery in the third round. So, and then the other two were Kevin White and Roquan Smith. With both of those, they just stayed put. They have yet to trade back with one of their first picks. So, like, if history says anything, what what makes you think the Bears are going to actually trade back with one of their first picks? I find it much more likely they try to trade up into the first round and go get a player, possibly like an offensive tackle, or, you know, maybe there's a stud, stud edge rusher or something that's fallen pretty far because they have a pretty deep class. But overall, I just don't understand the whole ideal behind, like, I, I get it's a want, but, and you can do whatever you want with your mock drafts. But at the end of the day, I just feel like it's not, it doesn't seem like the most likely scenario. You know, 
Pace's MO is trade up to get the player you want with your first pick and then trade back with your second pick to try to recoup some uh, recoup some stuff. And in the article, it's it's all broken down in there. If you go to ONTAP Sports Net, you'll be able to find it. Because you traded back twice to get Cody Whitehair. Uh, yes, but he traded up in that draft as well. That's what I'm getting. I know. I know. I, I'm just bringing up, I had a conversation with somebody and they told me that their reasoning for him trading back is because he's done it before. Obviously, he's did it with Cody Whitehair. And I'm like, his MO is to trade up. He and also, fully yeah. Heard, he also yeah. traded back to get Adam Shaheen, too, in the Mitchell Trubisky draft. So, like, like here's, here's the thing. And, and that's fine, Dandy. I 100%, I actually 100% agree with you that I feel as if. You can trade up. You actually have a good spot because you have these two second round picks. You can you could do number of things to get back into the first round and not get bit, not get rid of both of those seconds. Now you can get rid of both those seconds to move way up into the first, maybe somewhere in the early twenty range. But I think that personally, I agree with you. I would even not be too hard pressed to say like, hey, if uh, Xavier McKinney somehow was down there in the twenty seven twenty eight range. I'll 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 knock on that door. Bring me a good safety, you know, oh, another young safety. Yeah. And I he's love somehow, it. If he's so, I I don't see it because he's a way better talent. But with the way the draft falls, if he's somehow there, uh, okay, go for it. If you're if there's an a stud offensive lineman like you said that you need that here on this team, go for it. If you feel that yeah, this is a and it's piss off a lot of people when he does trade up. But if this team is as much of a win now situation as you truly think you are, then they're going to do it. Guaranteed. If you're able to trade up to get a position of need, I, I can't recommend it more than, you know, I can't recommend it enough. But at the end of the day, um, I just find it very unlikely. And like someone like Xavier McKinney, you see him falling in a lot of these mock drafts. Even sometimes I see him all the way at 43. That's not going to happen. No, but that's another thing, too. Pace is kind of way uh, he, he's more so known to draft safeties later, you know, draft running backs later for the most part, because these guys are like, unfortunately, they're not as valued as a cornerback or as a wide receiver or as an edge rusher or a tackle. So these guys that fall and that and that's the thing that I really like, because if you look at the Eddie Golden pick, if you look at the Cody Whitehair pick like these guys all fell. James Daniels, they fell further than they should have went. So um, I like the idea of both the second round picks and getting two core players you know what I mean? Not necessarily position of need, because at that point, if you're letting them fall to you, you go ahead, get two core players that you're going to be able to build around for the future. If you look at it, both sides of the ball, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Eddie Goldman, we kind of built our shit around that. Um, so I, I really like the idea of uh, of just kind of staying put or I mean, I, I like the idea of trading back, too, but I just don't find it very uh, likely. What about you, Ethan? I'm with you, Lucas. I like the idea of staying put. Um, Aaron brought an interesting idea into my head of possibly trading up for a safety and the safety that I would trade up for at that point would be Grant Delpit. Um, I think he's a name that could possibly be there in the late first round. Uh, I think that would be the only second. I can't see yeah, him Delpit's, making out of the Delpit's first. Sliding. He's sliding hard before Delpit. Wilford, Winfield's going to go before Delpit. I think Delpit's I going think, in the second. I think Jeremy Chin goes before him too. Well, you don't. Uh, that's a little bit fucking yeah, far-fetched. That's a, I'm that's not stretching. I'm not Big reaching reach around. I, dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, everything I've been listening to the last two days, 
teams are starting to fly up on him. And and I hate this. And this is the reason I don't agree. Well, he also played at Southern Illinois. So, I mean, I understand that. But everybody's like, oh, my God, he's so talented. He's so athletic. The words when I hear athletic, I go, oh, great. Here we go. They they almost want to put him in the same realm. And they said I heard it somewhere. Somebody's like, well, he's almost like a linebacker. I kind of feel like people are trying to put him in the same category as like a Isaiah Simmons as a how that, that dude's they, a one they're, they're not, I'm not saying yeah. they're not, <laughs> what I'm saying is they're like grouping him with that athletic player. And I think some teams will stretch to get him. Now I, I mean, it's going to come down. It's going to come down to see, it's going to come down to what kind of tape they believe he has because with the draft being as messed up as it is this year, those guys that are coming from smaller All schools, right. If Jeremy exactly. goes before Winfield Delpit, or Delpit, I'll lose then, my shit. Yeah, I mean, like, someone needs to get how fired. About, and I need to go how to about this? Hey, Aaron, 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 how about this? You go register at your local sports book online. And you go place a bet on it. And then you post it from the Bears on Tapicon. I'm sure there's a bet <laughs> available. I'm sure there's a hey. bet available for the first safety picked in the NFL draft. And if oh, you feel so confident. Well, no, the first safety it's being gonna be McKinney. is McKinney. Uh, it's not yeah, even a question. Or second safety, my apologies. I still think second safety taken is probably Winfield. Now, here's yeah. the thing. Dog, I've, straight I, I dog. I've, I don't know if I've gone on record on saying this, but probably my my favorite player in the whole draft is Delpit. Now, if the Bears got him, I, I'll, I'll be on order with Nike right away getting that jersey before I send Ethan his. Well, why, why oh man, ah! Ethan, Ethan just threw something. But if you guys are talking like this is how you guys are talking, like why can't they get Delpit at like why can't you trade up? They from can 43 get him at forty three. Yeah, can why can't you trade up from forty three or 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 even even if he's gonna if they love Delpit and they see at thirty five he's there, well you oh, can trade up you could trade a your fiftieth pick. You could pick at you know thirty six and forty three. Like you could trade your fiftieth pick and maybe well, next year's third rounder to move up I, those, you know, fourteen spots or whatever it is. I love hypotheticals, and that's why I'm saying if somehow McKinney, say you get to thirty two, McKinney doesn't pick, it isn't picked yet. I guarantee you, Ryan Pace is on the call with uh, Cincinnati and saying I'm taking your thirty three pick come day two according to See, according to sports grid as of april 16th xavier mckinney was minus 215 to be the first safety selected grant delpit plus 275 jeremy chin plus 700 antoine winfield plus 1200 wow plus 700 aren't bad odds wow they have winfield after chin there's no way that uh, that was no a, way according that that's no. according DraftKings has minus two fifteen for McKinney, minus three hundred for FanDuel for McKinney, uh two seventy five DraftKings, two seventy FanDuel for Delpit, um Jeremy Chin plus seven hundred on DraftKings if, if, plus seven. If Chin is the no, if Chin is the first safety off the board, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Yeah. And then surprisingly, uh, FanDuel has Winfield at plus 900 when DraftKings has him at plus 1,200. Hmm. But either way, McKinney right now is the favorite. Well, I mean, but you got to think Chin, McKinney, like those guys are much more like the uh, kind of true free safety. Free safeties are what cost you money. Strong safety, you know, there's only a couple of Jamal Adams out there. Like okay. Winfield is more of a <laughs> Winfield is more of a banger. You know what I mean? Like you. He's not going to have as much draft stock. Even Landon Collins, when he was coming out, he had a first-round draft grade, and he didn't go till the second 
round. And I'm pretty so, sure, if I'm not mistaken, the Giants yeah, traded up to get him because I wanted the Bears shit. to get him so bad. But yeah, exactly. But because he's the not. Same, the same article has an over under for McKinney set at pick 25. Okay. Hypothetical, because I saw the name floating around and you just mentioned it. Uh, rumors going around that Jamal Adams uh, could potentially be, be on his way out in New York. They said that last year, too. I'm tired of this shit. Or, or maybe it was the beginning of the, this free agency. I mean, would you want to play for the Jets, bro? No, but the I'm just saying, Jets, would you, Jets, would you, you see Adam it out Gaze's there? crazy eyes when he's in a meeting just being like, what's cracking, boys? <laughs> <laughs> well, would you kept that? I mean, I'm being, I mean, I would love to see that in Chicago. That would totally be like a, a win now move, like 100%, because you know he'd be walking after that, because there's no way. Because he's going to be in the same price range as Eddie Jackson. Dude, um, I mean, Jamal the- Adams, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, <laughs> fuck me. Dude. It don't even matter who's CB2 at f- that point. I didn't well, even, I, we, I wouldn't want to throw it. the ball, and then you can't run the ball against our front seven. So it's just like, Lucas, what do you do? We haven't done it yet this episode, but imagine if we kept a Makamura. Nah, I fucking the first move I make on Madden when I start a new franchise franchise is get rid of him. I don't even care how I do it. He's gone. Well, I'll trade a straight, seventh round going pick straight to hell, man. He's a Nebraska corner. You supposed to, those supposed to be your dogs. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say here is it doesn't Makamura. even matter. Who, it doesn't <laughs> even matter who, who the cornerback number two is. If you were to have those guys, cause it would just be like, yeah, throw, throw Tolliver out there. Throw Trey Roberson out there. I don't give a shit who it is. Throw beat on 300 out there. No, we're in trouble then. You're getting smoked before the first step, bro. Um, Brandon smoked before the guy even gets to the line of scrimmage. No, because I'll play nine yards off the ball. Oh, okay, Kyle Fuller. I didn't have a nine-yard head start against any NFL wide receiver, and I guarantee you they dust your shit. Big backpedal. (laughs) <laughs> come on man you're a d-lineman let's get it let's get it right i'm you he was you, a backup you linebacker a, okay get it right you're lucky yeah, you're lucky if you're actually, able to cover a flat i was actually a combo i was the linebacker safety you like you know you know how you're like a two-star recruit going into college you're <laughs> you get, that's awesome <laughs> you get you get you get switched back and forth and then they're like all right you can't cover shit you're playing in the box all right, for sure. I practiced, I practiced as a tight end. I practiced as a tight end for a day before we changed topics. That was a that was a day. Yeah, I was a guard. I played five eight. seven one eighty of me practice as a tight end. That's insanity. Um, but no, now that we're um kind of talking about all this and and all that good stuff, just wondering like, everyone just make a prediction. If the Bears pick at pick forty three, who do you think they're grabbing? All right, beat down. We'll start with you. Hey. I'm going to bite my words from earlier in the show, but with the 43rd pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select Cole Komet, tight end out of Notre Dame University. Okie dokie. What about you, Aaron? Oof. Man, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to stick with it. I still think that Delpit falls. I'm going to go Grant Delpit. Delpit? Yeah. What about what about you, um, Ethan Wiles? I hate to be the guy that seconds it. I wasn't gonna be the one to take him first, but Cole Komet is definitely my choice. I, there's no other guy that I've hyped up more than that. 
So realistically, Jimmy Graham's not the answer long term at that position. I could see it happening. Now, will it happen? Probably like 30, 70. But that's why we make predictions like this. Yeah. And I'm going to take for a reason. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Denzel Mims, the wide receiver out of Baylor. He's absolutely like every that. everything we need at the position that the and just like it, it kind of at least I'm consistent, guys, because it aligns with the idea. Let the best player fall, sit in your position, do all that good stuff. And if Denzel Mims is there at 43, there's no oh, doubt if he's, in my mind. If he's there at 43, he should be yeah. able to be. You, oh. I mean. Look at in front of him. You have Michael Pittman Jr., um, Levesque Chenault, Brandon Ayuk. Like all these guys are rated above him, and you still got um, Jefferson, you still got Rugs and, got, like, the and big three, yeah, Jefferson, fucking C.D. Lamb and Rugs, Ruggs. exactly. So yeah, you got all these guys. I'll be, I'll KJ Hamler. I, I don't oh, think Hamler he's. Too, yeah. I don't think he's there. I, I mean, I, if he's there, yes, I'm taking him at 43. But I'm just saying that. I don't see him being there. Um, All I'm there, saying is, I don't. Another another I, name there's around. Not that, that many secu- teams that need receivers. I mean, there are teams that need receivers, but there are so many receivers. It's really a pick your poison. What do you want that fits your offense? Another name at receiver that I like. Another name at receiver that I like is uh, Rieger from TCU. Jalen Rieger, yeah, Jalen Rieger. Rieger. I don't. And that's another guy that's right quick, in front of quick Denzel as man. fuck. That's I, another, I just. I, I understand. I just I wholeheartedly don't think um, he makes it there because I, I know like you put that article out a while ago, uh, Lucas, with how many players going to take say, it. Yeah, I, I mean, just I think in the top 50, I think the max has been eight, dude. And I think you can name about seven players that are so probably I just right. Ran, I ran a quick mock and I see here uh, I see rugs, CD lamb. Uh, as a one-two punch at 11 and 12, uh, Jerry Judy at 22, Justin Jefferson at 23, Denzel Mims went at 24. Who if went Jerry first? Judy Wait, who went first? Ruggs, right? Ruggs went first. Absolutely told you. I'm telling if, you, Lucas, Ruggs is going to go first, bro. If Jerry Judy goes at 22, I'm almost willing to guarantee that either Denzel Mims or KJ Hamler is going to be there at 43 for the Bears. Like, Absolutely. almost willing to guarantee Rager- it. Rager and both goes those guys at, fit the offense so well. Rager goes at 30. Uh, and then no other think, wide receiver goes until the Bears pick. And then you have IU, KJ, Hamler there, Pittman, Leviscus, T. Higgins, players like that. Yeah, like, T. Higgins, T. Higgins is a dog. These are all dogs. This receiving class is the strongest that they Well, but if you years. get... Here's and so is the offensive tackle class. So I'd love to see 43 offensive tackle and 50 fucking wide receiver. Love no, to see if that. You get, if you get this presented to you with Ayuk and Hamler, which one do you go with? Dude, you guys know how much I love Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Ethan's going to say that's, Hamler and Lucas is going to so say hard. Ayuk. That's so hard for me to I say, say, but I, I, I take I, I was going to say Hamler. Hamler. Yeah, Man, me too. I'm just, and I, and I'm, I'm going to say Claypool and you're going to say Chenault. We all yeah. have our guy. <laughs> at the end of the day, I love the four I fucking horsemen. KJ Hamler over him. Yeah, you no, don't Hamler's want you dog. don't want Von Jefferson. Come on. All right. Well, that's a good way to segue. What about okay? So now, if the Bears trade up to get one player, say they're trading up into the back of the first round, say they're trading up to the twenty eighth overall spot, who would you take? Uh, we'll start with you, Aaron. Ah. Uh, 
Oh, you put me on blast right away. I'm turning into Ethan here off the off the rip. Um, you know, if you're moving up, I'd actually have to run the names, but I'd probably be tempted to. Um, I mean, I'd go offensive tackle or potentially maybe cornerback at that point. Um, but it also depends if all of a sudden you start seeing some names fall. Like, you know, what if you see some of the receivers fall? I don't think they're going to fall there, but I'd probably. I'd go corner or offensive tackle. I don't know. I, I can't think of a name off the top of my head. Um, I think Austin Jackson, Austin yeah. Jackson and uh, Josh Jones are both supposed to be in that range. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It, it's tough at that point. I mean, if you're moving up, you got to find you got to find somebody that's going to be in that win now. Um, Lucas, like you said. No, I'm sorry. Aaron, I will tell you, I just pulled up an article from NFL. Jeremy Chin was the 55th selection after the Bears traded the 50th pick to Baltimore. Jeremy oh. Chin was selected to the Chicago Bears. I mean, who, who I, wrote that article? Uh, it was a, a lot. Uh, RJ White. Oh no, I've seen a lot of that, and that we have a like, there's like a Bears Twitter elites or some shit group, and like everyone is drafting Jeremy Chin and shading down. So, um. I don't know exactly. And the first with the the forty third pick, they drafted. Uh, I'm not even pronouncing the guy's last name, but the cornerback out of Auburn, Ig uh, Igin, no, whatever, the, whatever. Oh yeah, no, I Ig- don't want him. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't want him. Uh, Noah. Yes. The first yes, name. Yes. Yeah, I don't want him. Um, my only reasoning for not wanting him is actually similar to a lot of people. Uh, he just transitioned to cornerback this last year, um, and I don't know if I'd be. <laughs> be willing to shell out a second round pick on a guy that is just learning the position. I mean, Richard Sherman was a, was a wide receiver. Yeah, but he's also a a Stanford person. So, I mean, a little bit smarter smarter than than everybody. Smarter. He's in a different world. Yeah. (laughs) He's got to get that aspect of it. But at the same time, we had the fucking smartest tight end room in all the NFL. And it was probably one of the worst tight end rooms in all the NFL. What I would say, yeah, that well, I mean, when those guys they, they didn't started want to, playing, they didn't they want to make better. those calculated risks. They're like, oh shit, if I go into this pile, I'm gonna be done for the season. Can't no. it. So <laughs> real to reel this back in, like you said. So I would go in for a, you know, an offensive lineman. I would be if, if you say 28, and I'm looking here at this mock that I ran. 28 is Baltimore, and I see Caesar Ruiz right there. Uh, you know, talking about uh, a huge interior. Yeah. You're talking about a, a huge interior, you know, offensive lineman that can play all three spots at guard, you know, both guards and center. Um, I'd be all in for that. It's not the sexy pick like people like to call it, but uh, we, you know, we could use that. I'd also be tempted to go in at a, at a corner if there's still somebody there. Um, but I'd probably go offensive line. I, I would love to see Cesar Ruiz right there. Him I, at think that's, I think would be that's beautiful. I think the thing is with the corners is you really just have Henderson and Okuda, and then other than that, you're not really going to see any go until that's, they got glad they got Gladney nope, at nineteen. No, nope, no, 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 that's false because if the Bears were to trade in the first round, AJ Terrell is the guy I would want. Well, that but we've seen in the as the mock has gone several times that he's up there at that forty three. This is. It's different. This is someone that you're saying at the twenty eighth pick, right, Lucas? The mocks don't matter though, yeah. But no, I, I, think he could, I think he I think he could I'm be one of those prospect, late first yeah. round corners. Well, I mean no, I've also seen 
I've also seen uh, Christian Fulton fall in, into the second round. And the mock drafts, I've seen Jordan Love fall to 43, and that's not fucking happening. So at the end of the day— I saw Justin Herbert fall to 43 today. Come on. If Ethan says A.J. Terrell, then that's Ethan's fucking pick. Okay. I, do also, it, like, I do also like Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia at the offensive tackle spot. Okay. How about you, B-Don? Well, I had Cesar Ruiz, but I'm not going to take that because Lucas also did. And then that was Aaron or Aaron, my bad. Um, but I will say a name that I do think, I don't know if he'll drop all the way to 28, but a receiver pro, uh, prospect that I do like, and that's Justin Jefferson out of LSU. Obviously you have rugs, Judy, you have rugs, <laughs> you have rugs, Judy and lamb as the top three for the most part, unless someone really does like Jefferson more. Um, but I think Jefferson will be available in that 20 to 30 spot um, potentially later in the first round. But at that point, it's like, what are we, you know, what are we really trading up for? I think with the receiver position, you can still sit where we're at and still get a quality receiver that can come in and contribute. Um, Ethan also brought up Jalen, uh, Jalen Rieger, Rager. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. That's someone's tape on college that kind of reminds me of like a Tavon Austin type. Someone that's extremely quick, sideline to sideline, almost like a, like a pinball out there. It's just not not easy to bring down, and he's elusive and can make people miss in the open field. Um, not necessarily someone that I would want to reach for at the end of the first round, but if 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 available at forty three or fifty, I would totally take Rieger as well. Well, we're talking twenty eight. Is that what you meant? <laughs> I gave you my first for 28, and then I said I also liked Rieger. I segued that, you fuck. You oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I zoned out for a I thought he was asking second. about a 28. But, yeah, you know, that's I, said ju- I said Justin Jefferson. But okay, I, Justin you Jefferson. You know what? I, yeah. I love that because if he were to fall there, and, and why I say this is I was talking to Lucas about this earlier. The best team set up for this draft this year is the new Orleans saints. I know this is bears podcast, but the new Orleans saints can literally do whatever the hell they want in this draft. And I think they end up taking a receiver to have somebody as that third option. And they have plethora of picks, uh, uh, at, you know, whoever the heck they want. And it's just choosing which way they want to go with it. But if Jefferson was there at 28, Brandon, I, you know, I'd sign you up as my GM. Well, I am going to school to be an agent, so that can there you be go. You're out selling at, at me. Point. You're selling me on it. No, I just think you know what that kid. Uh, out of the whole class, I'm not going to go on total record saying, but he could probably be one of the top ones out of this group. You can run the whole route tree. Takes the top off the defense. He, like I always say, he's good and quick in space. Like he, again, a winner. Someone that was part of a good program. Um, obviously, he's not going to have the same quarterback this year, but. An interesting thing for these receivers that are going towards the end of that first round. Hey, you don't have to. You never know. On a bad you never know. He could have the same quarterback. What if Cincinnati goes? You know what? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that would be dope if Cincy got him. But too, like, it. You know, once you get towards that, like, that twenty to thirty range, or like, I would say like seventeen, eighteen to thirty range, and you're getting picked up. If you're in that first round, you could come in and be that missing piece to that team. Okay. Well, all right. So now I'm going to make my prediction and um, moving on. No, I I just want to, it's my fucking turn. Okay. (laughs) Um, 
But realistically, if I my draft crush of the year is Kenneth Murray, um, I know he's an inside we linebacker. We're talking about crushes, bro. We're talking about who you take at twenty eight, and that's exactly who I would who take is, at twenty eight. Fucking guy. That's exactly who I would take at twenty eight oh. because realistically, if you look at Kenneth Murray, I mean, dude is sideline to sideline. He's unbelievable player. Um, I has been climbing up draft boards. He was originally supposed to go in the second round. Now that they're talking about him being like essentially right after Patrick Queen. Um, it's a pretty thin, and I know we have Danny Trevathan and all that good stuff, but he ran a four, five, three forty. If you look at the average you time, for, if you look I'm at the, with you, if you look at the average time of a, of a strong safety, four, five, five. So this guy's faster than a strong safety. So maybe you have Trevathan for another year. Why can't you just run sub all the time and just have th- and an extra linebacker on the field playing strong safety? You know, Why? and, and I, what I agree with you on this is the fact that I've gotten this dispute a lot where people told me they don't need to go for, a, a, you know, another middle linebacker at all. And I firmly disagree. I think that is a position, not of major need, but if you were to get a capable player like that at 28, you know, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me, obviously it's way later, but it reminds me of when we got Roquan. Roquan fell into our lap. We were happy with what you were going to get in Whatever Indy decided it that year was, well, they're either taking Roquan or they're taking Quentin Nelson, and the Bears were taking whoever was next. I would have loved um, to have Quentin Nelson. Yeah. I don't disagree, but what I'm saying is you were handed that player. You were going to be handed one of the two because of where they were. And now if you can get a player like Murray at 28, you're building that middle of your defense for the next several years. Well, and um, it, it, it not only does it go with the idea of like, building through the center of your defense, but Chicago bears are historic for middle linebacker. Middle play. You can never have enough good middle linebackers. And you saw what happened with Trevathan last year. He's really only played a 16 game season for, for the Chicago bears one time. And he's been with them for a while. You can't have enough depth at that position. You know what I mean? Kevin Pierre Lewis don't right now. filled in Kevin Pierre Lewis filled in admirably, but you can't expect any other vet minimum player to come in and play the contribute the way he contributed when Roquan went out. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, like I love the idea of Kenneth Murray. That's my overall. If like, if you're, if you're going to trade up and go get someone, that's who I would grab. Um, and that's just my opinion, you know? And that's fair. Hey, a, good I like late, a good late round linebacker. Uh, we just interviewed him yesterday on the Irish on tab podcast. Osmar Bilal. Good name for the late round outside linebacker pick. Well, and we already have Bilal Nichols, so that'll that'll go with it. What I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Be your official Bilal podcast. Um, yeah, but um, I feel like we've kind of wrapped it all up. We're definitely going to be back with you in about you know four days or so, and we're going to cover the draft pretty much every single day. Um, gentlemen, do you guys have any closing thoughts before I before I close this out? So, just a quick run around then so your draft crush is kenneth murray i'm gonna just probably throw it out there from the session earlier that those two uh irish guys had up here in my corner uh their draft crush is uh cole Komet, right absolutely the entire the entire uh, 2020 niu and notre dame draft class yeah kind of uh oh boy and then, okay. and then i got grant Delpit. Yep. yeah so we all got our crushes and um just a few more days yeah, we got, and here at the ONTAP Sportsnet, we do have a handful of interviews with people that are looking to hear their names called in the NFL draft. Check out Huskies ONTAP and Irish ONTAP for those interviews, and maybe one of these pens will fall to our Chicago Bears. 
Beautiful plug, Brandon. Um, but yeah, we are Bears on Tap. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You could follow me on Twitter at LucasPerfetti46. We have Beadon300, Ethan underscore Wiles10, and Premier Amp. If you want to follow my guys, all of them are on Twitter, always putting out content. We are on Tap Sportsnet, and of course, the Bears on Tap section of it. If you'd like to find any of our articles, podcasts, anything like that, we cover everything you could imagine when it comes to Chicago sports. As Brandon said, we cover NIU, we we cover uh, the Illini, Notre Dame, all that stuff. You can go to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports needs. We appreciate you all, and bear down. Bear down. Um,